Hey, it's JT. I'm coming to a city near you. And if you would love to have a Bulletproof for BJJ seminar, contact us. Reach out to me at jt at bulletproofforbjj.com and let me know. I will be in Europe, the UK, Brazil, United States and Canada after July this year. This is the world tour. This is the opportunity. We'll be doing mobility. We'll be doing strength work. It's the all-encompassing Bulletproof Seminar. So get in contact and it'll be great to meet you guys face-to-face. Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. What's up, guys? I'm Joey. Bam, 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 bam. Great intro. Um, <laughs> today, we are talking about the red flags that your gym is becoming a McDojo. Oh, oh goodness. Now, no one- Polemic, controversial. No one wants that, but it can happen. Was actually recently- What's a McDojo for the uninitiated? For those who don't know, if you're not familiar, it's classically the faux martial arts gym. It's the gym where they get you in, they make you pay a bunch of money and they teach you some questionable techniques. Techniques that maybe don't work on the street, but they tell you it works. They're like, yeah, trust me, if someone's got a gun to your head and a knife to your throat, you can just like, and then you, you know, you've disabled them. It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. You can see examples of it on the, is it McDojo Life? There is a McDojo on Life Instagram. on Instagram. It's a great it's account. so good. It's a lot of chi blasts. Yeah. There's a lot of like- A rip- lot of like wrist rotational throws. And then flipping dudes. Yeah. Yeah. But then also it's that little bit bullshit. You know, it's that, it's that thing where it seems okay, but you're like, that's really- well, you want it to, you want like, man, that guy just did the death touch. Whoa. Like, yeah, he just threw him with his pinky finger. Man. You, and there's a part of you that's like, you know, the, if you're into this mystique of martial arts that you're like, I want to learn it. Oh, man. Because how would, sick would that be? How good would a motherfucker be? with your pinky. Yeah, it's like some using the force type shit. I got it. So in t- context of jujitsu, the McDojo of jujitsu is not necessarily teaching Bullshit stuff like that. No. However. But there is this commercialization issue within jiu-jitsu. And yeah. that's what we're really talking about today when, you know, you've trained at a gym. When you started, it was a smaller gym. Everyone worked hard. Coach was really involved. You know, and everyone you came up with, like, you know, it was a solid work ethic. Everyone was tight. And then maybe the gym got a bit more popular. And then maybe coach wasn't teaching as many classes. And they got in their mate to do some instruction. And maybe their- These went up. Yeah, maybe maybe their, their mate isn't as good as the, the head coach. And then maybe they're starting to give belts away real easy. And then you're like, hang on a second. The culture of the gym has changed. And you're actually noticing, hey, maybe standards are slipping a little bit. Or maybe you walked in and signed up at a gym that was already like that from day one. Yeah. And maybe you know no better and you're like, yeah, that's my gym. And then- 
the shit that we're about to talk about, you're like, oh, that's my gym. Oh, no. Oh, that's my gym. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to present as neutral as JT and I can be, opinion across (laughs) it all. But but you Uh, might have just gone jujitsu in my area. It brought up a few gyms. You went to the top ranking one, which McDojo gyms are very good at SEO. They are. So they will always be the top ranking one. That's right. They'll have the little bus that goes around and picks up kids after school. (laughs) and They'll have it all tied up because it's a business. And really what we're talking about is it's the gym that values the dollar more over the the purity of the experience or the skill or the development of the individuals within it. So yeah, maybe you just went to a place and then you're like, oh, I'm not really sure if this is fucking what I thought it was going to be. And so let's chat. Yeah. And I think this was brought to our attention and we're going to harken back. We did a more recent episode, which was to do with belt jealousy. So we might just quickly touch on that because these two actually kind of go together. Yeah, just I had a guy on the Instagram. We we posted about an episode that was probably I don't know half a dozen episodes back. Yep. BJJ belt jealousy, and it was about people grading and you not. And the guy messaged me and was like, "Man, people get like, do people actually get upset about that? That's really sad. People need to start, you know." I had a bit of a whinge about it, and I was like, "Yeah, of course, people need to not get upset about that stuff." However, yep. jealousy, envy, disappointment at someone else's success because you're not getting. The, this is a, a human trait. This is Real. a and and I anyone that says they don't understand that feeling to some degree, I think is full of shit. What about me? Right? It isn't fair. And it's just <laughs> acknowledgement, right? Like everybody yeah. wants to feel acknowledged slash valued. That's exactly right. You're putting in the time, you're putting in the hard work. You may be working harder than someone, but it doesn't mean the coach sees it. And actually it may not mean that anyone sees it or values it yeah but but even if they do and it's just like whatever wasn't your day today yeah it is just a part of the process and and it's like managing that emotion being like oh no it's cool like i'm doing my thing and i'm really happy for them and i wanted to touch on that because i was like whatever dude like yeah yeah it's sad that people feel like it's people shouldn't feel that way but people feel that way man. yeah definitely it's life definitely and the reason why we threw back to that is this message that we received in regards to the podcast was hey guys we worked really hard, a, a guy and, and, and some friends of his, and they, they've worked really hard in the trenches. They're now kind of mid to high level blues, purples, and they've noticed the gym's gotten bigger and the standard has fallen off. And they are now at a point where they're really questioning the judgment of the management of the gym, not just the head coach. And maybe, man, they want to leave maybe, but they feel like it's hard, right? You've done four or five years at a gym, you, you love the gym, but now things have changed and now you're questioning the integrity of the belts that are given out. So it's not even jealousy. It's like, oh, that person doesn't even, you know, I'm, I, I worked very hard to get my purple belt. I went through wars. I competed or whatever. That guy's never done anything and he's got a blue belt in like 12 months. How does that happen? And so what they had asked specifically was, hey, could we talk about this topic? Because – commercialization within jiu-jitsu is a thing now there's a lot of money in it it's a natural process that's going to occur isn't it yeah and they are businesses it's true and for the best part people in jiu-jitsu don't make a lot of money because they do it because they love it and they're dedicated and it's it's about the art and passing that on to people and relationships and all the good things that come from that but let's talk about some red flags let's talk about how do you know if one, you're training at a bit of a McDojo gym, like how can you identify it if you don't know? 
And then two, how can you kind of recognize, man, maybe this is starting to creep in at my gym. Mm. And oh, what do we do then? So I was going to say that the first thing that probably stands out to me is head coaches less involved. They've either brought in their son or their, you know, whoever, you know, their, their mate's son or whoever it is. Like it doesn't have to be a young person. Some person. Some person who maybe they have a black belt. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're a brown belt, whatever. They've, they've got a high enough rank. But then the quality of the class is dipping. And that person's sitting on their phone during the class. They're not really paying attention to you. You maybe ask a question. They don't really answer the question. You're like, nah, this isn't what it used to be. Like you feel that maybe the training has changed and the lack of involvement of the head coach or the lack of interest maybe. Because, you know, a coach might run a business for 10 years and you came in at the last two or three years and now they're like, they're almost on mental retirement mode. Yeah. They're like, oh, the gym's ticking over. It's making some money. I don't have to be on the mat so much. So, you know, you, you got to roll. Good for you. Talk to me, Joe. Yeah, there's a, for sure, we have to acknowledge that the head coach is not going to be the one leading the charge forever. But I think the main thing that we're getting at there is the upholding of standards and the culture of the gym. And so you would expect that a business owner slash head coach would do everything in their power to make sure that the standard is upheld as that torch gets passed. Yep. So, of course, when, you, when they bring a new coach on, there's going to be a bit of a teething period there. You know, new coach is never going to be quite the same as, as the experience that the, the head coach brought but it's, you know, after some period of time, they should settle into the role and there should be a sense that that head coach has your best interests at heart. Where I see this sort of playing out in a way that I don't believe is the most, I don't believe has the student's uh, development at, at heart or at the centre of it, is when you get this like patchwork of coaches. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we got so-and-so teaching on Monday and then this dude does tuesdays and friday mornings and then we've got this other dude and then this girl comes in and you're like well who's who's the main person here mm. and they're like well it's kind of i go these nights so it's this person but if there's no one that's like the the main person overseeing the group and the culture and the, and and up and really it comes from the top like they are the people that need to uphold the standards for me that's always a red flag because it's like well there's no one in there that has skin in the game Yes. in order for you to get better. And that's the same person, like like you guys do, you and Nate do here at Jungle Brothers, you go to the competitions, you talk to the guys. When the guys don't show up, you call them. Yep. You know, Adam at Alliance, he does yep. that. He, and he's really staunch on that. He's like, I'm fucking here every day. Yes. Like that's, and that's the way it has to be. Um, you know, I think that there is a place for bringing on, you know, other coaches and for you not having to coach everything as the head guy. But the standards should be upheld and the student should know who their main person is. A sense of cohesion. Yes. It, yeah. That's and right. There's a leader here. Yeah. That's and the right. leader knows my name. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Versus the leader comes in and goes, oh, hey, man, how long have you been training? You're like, I've been here for two years. And I go, hey, what's up? I'm Joey. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. And, and I think that's also a thing to, you know, we've talked about relationship with coaches before, but then – and understandably, we're not saying this, we're not talking particularly from a, like a harsh place of judgment. It's more that if we're looking at any business, whether it's a, a gym business, like a big box commercial gym that's just like for weight training and cardio and all that kind of business, due to like a much more kind of smaller, intimate, community-based 
uh, environment like Jungle Brothers, the relationships are so important. So it doesn't really matter if it's the guy you started with or it's the person who now work, who you are learning from. Those relationships are crucial in the trust and then also knowing that this person knows what the fuck they're talking about. Like that is quite key. Yeah. And that then leads to the idea of paying fees for nothing. So not that you're not paying fees for nothing, but say, you know, you started and then suddenly you're paying 20 bucks a week more and now you have to wear the branded rashies and you have to only wear the branded geese and you, you suddenly drink – buy the backpack. Your backpack and now you've got to pay $5 for your bottle of water and, you know, like all these things you're like – on a second, I'm getting squeezed. I'm getting gouged. And oh no, no, no. It's you know, it's for the team. Guys, we got team branded rapid antigen tests. <laughs> everyone must everyone must use one before and after every class. Oh, it's God. for your safety. How good would that be? Oh, There's a fucking entrepreneurial idea for you guys oh, out there. Oh god. <laughs> Far out. My face is melting. Like it's one of those things that I I am a frother or have been a frother. And at a critical point was like, I just wanted jujitsu branded everything. But the more that I've come to understand businesses, margin, everything, I'm like, this isn't necessary. This is just pretty blatant. And I actually had an experience where I went to an academy. I knew the gym owner. He wasn't there, unfortunately. But his um, other half was there. And I just wanted to come for a casual class. He had said to me, anytime you're like in my area, come drop in. And I was there. So I was like, oh, I checked the timetable. I'll go there. And they were like, no, you can't get on the mat unless you buy one of our branded geese. And I was wearing a pure white unpatched gi out of full respect. And they wanted me to pay $195 for this gi as well as a $30 drop-in fee. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. I'm probably never going to wear this gi again. But that was kind of – Like that's the rules. Yeah, that's the rules. And so I was like, okay, well – I guess I'm not training jiu-jitsu today. See you later. One day I'm going to have a podcast and then I'm going to call your name out. And the name of that gym, JT, it no, was. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. No, no. I don't need to seek revenge because if you are familiar with jiu-jitsu culture, if you've been in it for a while, you know who the most commercial gym is. If you know, you know. You know. And I don't need to say anything. I understand that when a gym gets successful or a franchise gets successful, they have to have systems in place. And, Absolutely. And, and I'm not trying to break the rules of a gym. I go to a gym, I'm just going to adhere to what the rules are. Even if that's not something I really support or get behind, I'm not there to be a disruptor. I'm there to participate. So I don't want to mess with anybody and I'm just, I'm just there to do jujitsu. But I will walk away from that gym going, that was a terrible gym and I don't want to see that elsewhere. So, you know, like – you, you know where I see that a similar thing? It's a very disappointing experience, isn't it? Yeah. You were, you were a brown belt? I was a brown belt at the time. You know, most gyms would be like, oh, wow, like a higher belt? Please come in. It's come great through. for my students. Like, mm. you know, awesome to have someone higher ranked here. Yeah. I know there's another gym, um, same kind of vibe. And I know that when you students do the grading and after they do, I think they pay for the grading. And then after the grading, if you are successful and you achieve your new belt, you go to the front desk and you pay for your new belt. Oh, so they, they, they put it they put it on you, but then it's like after the class, hey, go pay for the belt. Oh, God. And it's like, motherfucker. Mate. You give me a belt every four fucking years. <laughs> they cost $12. Yeah, that's right. I know you buy that shit wholesale. That's right. I've been paying my fees for over a decade. Like, yeah. you can give me the piece of coloured fabric. Mate. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just in terms of that, the whole thing, it's like, 
that's that is an idea that like they're squeezing you on every possible front. That is McDojoness in that my opinion. That is McDojoness, and I, I actually had heard of another gym. I didn't know. I knew this gym. I didn't know they did it there. Every student must have a certain amount of privates before they grade. Oh wow! How's that as a tax? Yeah, and the privates are not cheap. Wow. So yeah, like they don't pay for their grading, but they do. If you put five hundred bucks into private, like it's a hundred bucks a private. You have to have five of them before you grade. Holy shit! Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing in defense of that. If that place was producing extreme level savages and you're like, holy shit, they got a system. The system works. Okay, it costs a little bit extra, but they do these privates. They're really effective. You're like, okay, I can see it, but I'm guessing there are other academies where people are developing at the same rate, if not faster, mm-hmm. and they don't have to do the privates. They don't do before. that stuff. Yeah. Look at possibly one of the most successful, like bang for buck, Cicero Costa is a free gym. It's a prosit social. So it's for free. Cicero works there for free. Wow. Meow Brothers, Leandro Lowe, like so many tough guys out of Cicero Costa. And actually I think- How do they survive? Where does it, how do they support the gym? It's like donations. Like it's literally a jujitsu charity. Yeah, right. Ari Tabak is a black belt under Cicero. Yeah. Yeah, there's like so many good guys who are top level world champion competitors from that gym. It's ghetto as hell. And they just train their ass off. And, and there's no money in there at all. And you, there's no private lessons either. <laughs> right. So moving on, red flags, guys, cookie cutter classes. Mm. Every time you come. Same format. 10 minutes, of like 10 sit-ups, 10 star jumps, 10 minutes of this, like same. And it doesn't matter what level, whether you're a white belt, you're a brown belt, you're all just doing same, 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 same. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting, like, for example, uh, at Absolute in St Kilda, Lockie has definitely a format for the beginner's class, which is quite different to the format for the advanced class. And then the pro class, again, is, it's probably more fluid and loose because you're a pro. You're expected to have done your warm-up. You're expected to have come early to drill. You, you know, professional is in the title of the, <laughs> the class. Yeah. When the class starts, you are ready you're not just waiting to be shown how to be ready, you know? Yeah. And so that there is a format there that they stick to, but it will change over time depending on the technique they're working on or if there's more wrestling or if there's more guard, it will be appropriate to the class. It's not just like we always run around the hall five times because I do that at judo, right? I go to judo and it is the same warm up. All right, guys, run around. We're doing the karaoke's like Zorba the Greek style. Yep. Now kick your heels. Now lift your knees. Dude. Oh, my God. I was doing it when I was 10 years old at Taekwondo. Like, fuck. I visited a gym the other day. Yep. Lovely gym. Yep. Great place. Wanted to check it out. It's a little bit closer to where I lived. I was like, oh, you know, i got the afternoon free. I'll go see these guys just to form the connection. Sure. Haven't been in the area for a long time. Trader. Uh, <laughs> Adam's listening to this going, that motherfucker. <laughs> um, and I was the highest ranking student there, right? Oh. It was more of a beginner's type of, of class and gym, you know. And, and Joe picked that very strategically. <laughs> yeah, like, beginner class, uh, 5.30. It's going to be too hard tonight. I'm going <laughs> to go drop into this joint. <laughs> um, and so I'm there and, they, and we line up in rank at the start of the class, which is new for me. You know, normally uh, we don't, I don't do that. I'm not used to that. So stand up and then, uh, you know, we bow and then class starts and then the, the, the coach is like, okay, yeah. Off you go. And I'm like, what? what? And everyone's looking at me because I'm at the front of the line. They're like, oh, it's jogging. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm jogging. I'm like, I've, I've run around the mats before. I can do that. <laughs> sure. And so I'm doing that. And then he's like, and then the coach is like, hi, knees, you know, from the other side of the room looking, you know, looking again. So I'm like, what do you say? And then people start doing the high knees, but they're doing the high knees, the sprint high knees where they're oh. like oh. trying to still run really fast, but also do the high knees. Right. And I'm like, you guys are fucked. Like that's not how you do high knees. So, and just to be clear, I don't think I've ever done proper high knees at any jiu-jitsu academy. <laughs> it's always this running. Yes. It just looks like a big stride. Yeah. Um, so I pull off to the side and I like wave all of the other lower belt. I'm like, please go through. Yeah. I can see you're all very fast at this. <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, I'm on the side like pumping the knees, you yeah. know, and then it's like arms and, you know. But case in point, well, two interesting observations. One was they took a, they took a visitor and kind of, left it up to the visitor to sort of be the leader of that thing. It should have been like, hey, man, so-and-so is going to, you know, run the wall. Just jump yeah. behind him so you know what's up. So I was like, so that would have been a, a service piece. But more so, I think what we're getting at is like a format or a template is not a bad thing. No. It gives structure, it gives consistency, and it allows the students to, to know what to expect and allows the coach just to operate uh, um, more energy efficiently. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel at every class. No. But – if within that format you can see that there is no energy from the coach, there is no like, hey, what can I give the guys today that's really going to help to enrich their experience? If it's just like I'm following the playbook, I've got guys, blah, blah, I think that's a real red flag. Definitely. If we think about your development, guys, like I'll just speak to how I run a class. My warm-up will always be specific to what I'm teaching. So we're doing escapes this week. That's like the whole focus of the week is escapes side control, now the back, all, all, all positional escapes. So I made sure the guys were really warmed up in their hips and their lower back because they're going to be using them to the fullest extent. I don't make my students jog. Like obviously, you know, we are bulletproof, so we will do specific mobility work, all of that, right? That's shit. The best, the best. So – but. Putting that to the side, I will do a different warm-up appropriate to the thing. If I'm getting the guys to do a bit more judo and stand-up, I will make sure that they warm up their shoulders, warm up their neck. We will do some break falls because that is specific to the thing we're doing. So I never just do the same warm-up over and over again. And that shows – I mean, that just shows – even if you choose a warm-up and it's like someone comes in, it's a little bit average, that one we did tonight. But the fact that you do something custom shows that you're thinking about that – experience of that 60 to 90 minute session correct and i think that speaks volumes for the students like man my coach is really trying to make it something great every time yeah and prepare them in the right way and that's really i i guess i'm gonna just put this out there i went to a gym in culver city so culver city is like not far from kind of santa monica it's like the poor side the poorer side of santa monica a bit further down staying there for a world so this is back in 2012 uh, I was there to absolutely kill. I'm ready to go. I had spent six months in Brazil. I was like, right, let's go. Mate, I went into this gym. They got out the skipping ropes. Oh. All right, skip rope, five minutes. I'm like, dude, I'm skipping rope for like 30 minutes a day every day when I did Taekwondo. I don't want to, I'm not here to skip rope. So we skipped rope. We actually did shadow boxing. So this guy was a purple belt, whatever, you know, I was a purple belt too, but I was like, oh, shadow boxing or like Sh- shadow grappling? No, 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 like kind of footwork, shadow boxing right to get on. warm. I like, like that. Yeah, sure. It warms you up, but like what? And then actually when I think about the class, it was a 60 minute class. I kept it very strict. And then as soon as the class was over, get mm. off. Like 
you can't hang out on the mats. You can't chat. It's like, get off the mats. Yeah. It's like, whoa. And then the guy was just out. He just left the gym and then left it to one of the blue belts to lock up. We only did five minutes of rolling. There was one five-minute rolling around and that was it. Wow. And I was like, what? Was it a beginner's class or something? No, it was just a lunch class. Yeah. I, and, and, and for whatever, he might not have been the head coach, but I was so shocked. I was like, so little of that class had to do with learning jujitsu. It was more just like an average fitness class, skipping, you know, all this stuff. And then a tiny little bit of jujitsu. Now, I understand not every class you're going to roll, but I was used to going to a class that had a half an hour jujitsu specific warm up, half an hour technique, and maybe you roll for another hour on top of that. Like that was what I was used to, maybe an hour and a half. And I was so shocked. And I said to one of the guys, is that usually what you guys do? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? It just fits into your lunchtime and then you can. I was like, no, nah, man, that was, that was garbage. And I, I found that, that obviously I never went back, but I was like, man, I paid 20 U- American US dollars, you know, US dollars for that. That's, that's, I, I want my money back. I didn't learn anything that was garbage. Yeah, I mean, I guess in defense of that, maybe there's a place for it if you're like, hey, we do this awesome hybrid jiu-jitsu fitness class. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, okay, cool. But as long as, uh, you know, if people are, uh, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, my class is like that. And it's like, well, if that's what you go for, that's great. But if you go because you want to get better at jiu-jitsu and you're thinking, yeah, I'm watching the, the culture of jiu-jitsu and I like being a part of this and I want to get to the next belt, whatever, then maybe if you're like, maybe I don't need to do my fitness at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And actually, not that I, I like to agree with this guy, Gordon Ryan, but he had said, if you're doing no gi, why are you making your students do fitness for warm-up? Like make them wrestle. Like wrestling will warm you up. Like even just like 20%, 30% wrestling, going for the single, taking them down, getting up, sprawling. Like obviously Gordon does many things to have himself in good physical condition. But it, there's there is some truth to that that getting good at fitness doesn't – make you good at jujitsu specifically. No, and you can kill two birds with one stone. Sure. But now I want to move to this, stone. <laughs> this idea of having a closed culture which and an open culture, mm. which is these this is a this is probably the biggest red flag. And before we kind of move on to the next thing, which is the idea that we don't welcome like unless you're coming to join us, don't come train here. Yeah. Like you can come try it, but you're gonna sign up or don't come back. Yeah, if, if your gym is basically like, no, only members can train here. Mm. And you might not realize, you might not realize that because maybe you've been a member there, but I guess the way to look at it is, do visitors come by? Are there, are there people dropping in from other academies that is come and train? Is there an open mat? Yeah, is there an open mat like on a public holiday or a few times a year? Are there opportunities for outsiders to come and train with us? Because uh, we would argue that if there is, then that shows that the coach and the leader of the academy is confident enough to, you know, let you participate with the rest of the jiu-jitsu culture. Mm. And they're, they're confident enough to put your skills in front of someone else's skills yeah. versus the closed culture where there's no open mats. Yeah. You've got to buy a gi or you've got to be a member to, to train. Yeah. We have no visitors. Yeah. That to me indicates they're essentially scared of putting their people to the test. Yes. And it's just like, no, we don't want to fuck with that because we got a good thing going on here. We've got a good money-making machine. Yeah. And we don't want anything to disturb that because, you know, whatever, they're using the belts, people getting graded, and then you get some four-stripe white belt from another academy that drops in and they smash all your blue belts. Yeah. That's heartbreaking for a coach. Oh, for sure. Right? And it's going to happen, 
but it should be the case that the coach goes, you yeah, know, that's going to happen, but I'm really confident in my guys and I give them the absolute best I can and any, any opportunity they get to train with others, I'm down for that. Definitely. And I think there's also, this is a hangover from more traditional martial arts, which is the idea that if you train anywhere else, you're a trader. Yeah. Now we, we have talked on this before, but this is, this really indicates a closed culture because it's like, oh, I don't want them to go there because they might learn new stuff and realize that we're not, you know. And, and I always say to any, any student who trains here at Jungle Brothers, because like, I, I trained at so many different gyms, to say, if, if you can't come for whatever reason, say you've got work, a shift on when we've got a class, but say there's a, a, day, there's a day class at another gym and you can go train there, do it. Like, it's, I just want you to get better. However you do that, work it out. And that might mean that you do train at you know, more than one gym and so be it. But those I have found, those instructors who are really like jealous and really tight-fisted with their students. and Protectionist. Yeah, it's on a, on a surface level I, I understand, but I also know that that is not the best thing for the student or for you who's trying to get better at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and it's kind of like being in a relationship with your partner and, yeah. if, and if they're just hyper-jealous – and you're just not allowed to leave the house without them. Yeah. And that whole thing. Who are you texting? Yeah, like- Who, who's, who put that love heart on your Instagram? It's, it's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, I was eating cake. Joey put a love heart. It's eat to win. It's, <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> are you gay? <laughs> Tell me now. But if you're in a relationship like that, that's a red flag. Like, oh man, don't know if he's the right guy for you. Don't know if she's the right girl. Seem a little bit insecure. Mm. Same kind of thing with your gym. If your gym's cool, they're like, no, yeah, go see what else is out there. Go hang out, have a good time, live your life. Yeah. Come home for the, the real deal. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you, you're going to train where you feel most welcome. That's where your friends are. That's, and, and that's what we're going to kind of move to now. The difficulty may be that all your friends, like the guys, you came, guys and girls you came up with, you know, they're going to be your lifelong friends. You, you're all about the same belt different levels of progression, what have you, you've put some years into a gym, but the gym is kind of going to shit. And you're like, oh, I can't, like... What do I do? What do I do? do you, like, so let's talk about now what can you do if you feel as though you cannot leave because so much of what jiu-jitsu means to you is in this place. What can you do to kind of progress yourself if you can't, you know, if you can't count on... The gym. Well, as a counter to that, can we just say that our, probably our best advice is if you realise you're in that situation, you should leave. Oh. Like, you know, just being completely objective about it and not tying up any emotions or whatever. It's like you should go to an academy where the coach really gives a fuck about you and they're doing their absolute best by the students. Yes. However, we acknowledge that that is not, the, not a possibility for a lot of people because you've invested time at this place, you do have friendships, there's a community there. Yeah, maybe, you know, you're not super tight with your coaches or whatever, but you've got your training partners. Yeah. And we don't, like, we're not saying that you should throw it all in just because you've realised, oh, maybe this academy is not the best academy. Yes. Because you still could be having a great experience there and you could be following your jiu-jitsu journey and developing um, all the same. Agreed. So then, how the fuck do you manage that? Right. Well, here's the thing, guys, and you, you do learn this more as you – as you progress in jiu-jitsu in the same way, you know, in, when you're in primary school, everything kind of gets done for you. It's kind of spoon fed to you. They want you to succeed. High school, a little bit different. They're going to give you more classes. 
if you fail and mess up, then like it's, it's, it's more or less on you and your parents. But then when you get to uni, if you, if you get, like, trust me as someone who's a uni dropout, it's like, here's all the classes, you pay all the money, good luck to you. If you don't show up to classes, uh, we don't care, we're getting paid. And if you want to do summer school, we're also getting paid. So if you fail, we get double money. Like they literally do not care. It's a business. I'm not saying that's your gym, but it, what I'm saying here is this. You have to become an independent learner. If you, if you want to get better as you go up the ranks, there's a critical point where you've got to look after yourself. And if you're not taking initiative to kind of get yourself better, then you're going to fall behind. So if you are around that blue belt, maybe purple belt kind of level and you, you're looking for some leadership or guidance, obviously it's great if there's like a higher belt who's prepared to help you, but you need to be looking around. Maybe you do go train at another gym one day a week and, and learn some stuff there. Or maybe you, you need to kind of make a new friend and say, hey, man, are you cool to like practice this thing and take some initiative that is not relying on the management or the coaching staff of your gym because your whole gym is your resource. And I guess it's one of those things we're talking about, this closed culture, open culture. You should be able to like reach out to someone and say, hey, man, like I'm, I'm struggling with this. I want to work on this. Are you, would you be cool to come to class a bit earlier and we can work on it together? And, and we, see this, we see this all the time, right? We see people who maybe at one point they're very much an individual and then they kind of assimilate into the group. You see them, they're part of the crew. And then you see little, um, little posses, little cliques. You're like, oh, those young guys, they're over there. And, oh, those girls, they're getting it in over there. And it, it's cool because you know they're going to get better by not relying on the coach anymore. The kids are growing up. The kids are moving out. They're doing their own thing. That's how I would um, view it. How about yourself, Joe? Yeah, no, I've got nothing to add to that. You form your little group. We spoke about it in a previous episode. Just about having like a little crew of people who are at a similar stage in the journey to you. Yeah, if you can get together and do some training. And if you're all from, you know, if culturally there is a political thing with training with other gyms, then you can just form that little coalition with people from your gym. Mm. And then with the coach, when you're like, oh, no, it's just me and so-and-so, we get together on Sundays, great. But that's you being an independent learner, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And look, not that, you know, I'm all for transparency, but there, there was a time many years ago where in Sydney it was, it was kind of very frowned on to cross train, whereas mm. in Melbourne it wasn't as much a thing. So we, we had a kind of secret click where everyone got together, poolside and like Mastro was at Eric Mastro. Uh, yep, like Joel. Joel, a bunch of guys got together. It was this tiny little spot. It was like literally like three by three foam, like pretty thin spongy mats next to a pool. Yeah, and so on a hard you, pebble creek floor. Yeah, yeah, real hard. And if you went too hard with the sweep, you – you're going in the freaking pool. <laughs> but it was cool because you had probably six or seven different gyms represented and it was just about friends getting together with friends. It wasn't political. It was just about having a role on a Sunday or a Saturday Arvo. And it, it was mad. It was, mm. it was good times. And I think the enjoyment factor it, for me has what's kept me in jiu-jitsu. If it was only competition, only getting better, only getting better at technique, then, yeah, I might have quit. There'd be some, yeah, there, there would have been points where I'd be like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. So I think probably this is what I'd say to this. If you've noticed the culture in your gym is changing, not for the better. It is going McDojo and you're like, that, that ain't me. You can actually positively change the culture of your gym by what you do, by you kind of having a better standard and you getting better and encouraging other people to do the same. 
you can change the experience for you and your people. That's what I mean. I would argue they can't change the gym culture. Uh, like you're not going to yeah. change the way the coach runs the business necessarily. No, but but yeah, but you, if you thought that there was four or five of these groups within a gym, that would be enough to – obviously it's not going to change the fee structure, it's not going to change the coach, but if you've got enough people doing it, then it can collectively – people can have a better experience learning. Yeah. That's probably more what I'm speaking to. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, I think we'll leave it there. And look, if you are experiencing anything in jiu-jitsu, you feel it's not getting talked about. In the time I've been in jiu-jitsu, I've seen a lot of changes and I've also seen a lot of different issues come up. If you're observing something at your gym or you're experiencing something that you feel is just not being talked about, feel free to reach out to us. Email us, let us know, message us through Instagram and we are happy to riff on it discuss it and hopefully satisfy some of your questions. What's the email address? Email address is info at bulletproofforbjj.com. Guys, if you want help with your training, get on the program, seven day free trial. You'll love it. You'll get strong, get mobile and be bulletproof for BJJ. Go to bulletproofforbjj.com, sign up today. Use the code BJJ podcast to get 20% off your subscription fee. Catch you guys next week. Thanks guys. Thanks fam. Peace.